As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. I want to welcome you to the Engineer Your Success podcast. My name is Dr. James Bryant, your host for the show. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. It is my pleasure to guide you on your journey to designing and living a life where you are winning at work and at home. I hope that you are having a great week. Today, we have a very special show. This marks 104 episodes of our podcast. That means for the past two years, we've been having a conversation about winning at work and at home, a conversation about how can we increase our capacity to lead, be better communicators? How can we look to build vision and continue to construct our blueprint for success? I've shared different parts of my personal story and my journey all throughout the past two years, but I thought it would really be timely to talk a little bit more about the origin behind creating this podcast, behind creating my boutique executive coaching, consulting, and leadership development company. And I talked about that in a interview that I had when I was on the cover of Dreamcatcher's Digest. And so I asked my good friend, Jerome Myers, if he would interview me for this podcast episode. So I'm really looking forward to you sitting in on that discussion as we talk about the origins of Engineer Your Success. All right. Listen, just as I just said in the intro, this is a really special podcast episode here on the Engineer Your Success podcast today marks episode 104. So that is two years of weekly episodes continuing to provide value as your guide to helping you win at work and at home. It's my pleasure today for this episode to have one of my really good friends, dear friend, to serve as an interviewer who will be interviewing me. And that is Mr. Jerome Myers. Jerome, how you doing today, man? Great, brother. Thanks for the opportunity to come hang out with you on Engineer Your Success. Can you believe that you're at two years of weekly episode? Can you believe that the listenership has grown so much since leaving the radio station? Can you believe that you're out of the job and that you're running your own thing and you're setting up your schedule in the summer so you can take the end of the day off so you and boys can work out and you're still winning by growing the company and helping people grow their companies as well. Dude, you know, Jerome, you've been there from the beginning. You've been there when this was a small seed of a dream that I had that I started working on. And you and I would go back and forth about different ideas of how I can continue to grow the way that I provide value to our community, to the engineering community, to uh, business owners with an engineering background. You you were there when I was thinking of how can I just provide value to the next person that I see? And, and so, you know, it's been, it's been pretty cool. So 
I really, I had the honor and pleasure of being on the cover of Dreamcatcher's Digest. And within that, and I want to thank you guys for the opportunity for that. Uh, for those of you that haven't listened to the Dreamcatcher's podcast, I would tell you to go to your favorite podcast player and check out the Dreamcatcher's podcast because Jerome really, at this point, interviews folks that are doing different types of exits and that are preparing for their next stage. Jerome, can you talk a little bit about the podcast before we get into this interview? Yeah, it's very simple. We help people who have exited as, as private clients, and we want to share the stories of people who've exited. A lot of people only think about what we call exit six, which is leaving for a seven, eight, or nine figure exit, getting the big payday. Mm-hmm. And most think they just ride off into the sunset, and that's the end of the story. But we found that there's two exits that happen afterwards that most people don't ever have exposure to if they've never exited a company. Now, notice that I said exit six, because that means there's five more before they get to exit six. (laughs) Yeah. And so you are a great example of somebody who completed exit one, which is leaving corporate America or leaving being an employee. Yeah. And so we walk people on the journey from leaving being an employee all the way through leaving their charitable foundation. And we give them indicators or gates, or we call them exits or exoduses Mm -hmm. that people experience along that journey. And our whole goal is for people to be able to look at the framework and say, I'm right here. The next target that I have is this. And so I think you might've even got over exit number two, which is stop being chief everything officer, which is so rare for somebody to do in their first year. Yeah their company full time. And so, you know, it's just a testament to you, the success that you're having post TRB and the people that you're contributing to. And it's funny, you said, Hey, I was just trying to figure out how to add value to the next person. Yeah. Well, that philosophy is carried over into what you do on a day-to-day in your business. And that is allowing us to have a phenomenal experience. And as we watch you grow and blossom into six, seven, eight, maybe even nine-figure entrepreneur. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for providing that for our listeners. Again, that's the Dreamcatchers podcast with uh, Jerome Myers. Definitely go and check that out. So I was, again, on the cover of Dreamcatchers Digest. It was a, a wonderful interview. And I thought that it would really be a wonderful episode to celebrate these two years if we actually had a live discussion about the interview. And so, Jerome, I'm going to turn it over to you so we can get this thing started. Yeah, man. So let's go to the podcast because that's where we're at right now. We're on Engineer Your Success. So what inspired you to start the Engineer Your Success podcast? The inspiration behind starting the Engineer Your Success podcast was primarily driven by the progress and success that I witnessed with my private coaching clients. And we just talked about starting with just wanting to add value to the next person. And taking that as I really started into doing executive coaching, working with business owners with an engineering background. So as a boutique executive coaching firm, you know, my main objective is to assist business owners in achieving success, both in their their professional and personal lives. So many of our clients come from this engineering background and, you know, we provide them with a comprehensive support through executive coaching, consulting, and leadership development. But, you know, one of the things I realized is that the valuable tools, tips, and techniques that were benefiting my private coaching clients could really be shared on a wider level 
And that's what prompted me to create the Engineer Your Success podcast as a platform to disseminate these insights and to make them accessible to engineering professionals, leaders, and their teams. So through the podcast, we empower and equip engineering professionals to achieve success, not only in their careers, but also in their personal lives. If you've listened to the podcast for any extended period of time, you know that I talk about that I am your guide to winning at work and at home. So I believe that you can have success in both places. And that is what the podcast is all about as that resource for where listeners can gain practical advice, learn from accessible individuals in the engineering fields and in other fields, they can apply strategies to enhance both their professional and personal lives. And so that's was the, the really the inspiration behind the podcast. Man. And I think it, it gives people the opportunity to get that development when they can't get that private experience with you. Yeah. It's not for everybody, right? Everybody's not ready to engage at the type of level where you help them get exponential growth. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just do stuff at their own pace and they just want to kind of graze and nibble on the edges and get to know James at a deeper level and learn from the guests when you do have guests from time to time on the show. Phenomenal content. I recently listened to the AI thing that you did yeah. And I think it was tied to engineering or ramp you had, but I mean, mm-hmm. you're just giving away a tremendous amount of value and I think it allows it to be wide reaching. You, at one point you were really tracking how many people were downloading the episodes and month after month, we just saw it continue to grow. Yeah. It's like seeing people who follow you on LinkedIn grow. Yeah. So I think it's a great resource for anybody out there who doesn't just want to win in at work or at home. They want to have a comprehensive life where they're winning all the way around. Yeah, and winning all the way around. That's what it's about, man. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. So I imagine it's a lot of work to do the <laughs> podcast, serve your many private clients, to come up with fresh ideas for the on-ramp. I mean, I could keep running down the list. And that's just the work stuff. You, you're still a dad. You're still a husband. You're still an uncle. You're still yeah. a brother. You're still a son. You still have all these roles outside of what you're doing as a entrepreneur. Yeah. What motivates you to work so hard? It, you know, that, that's a great question. And I remember when I first saw this question, immediately I thought through the lens of, I don't work hard, I work smart. You know how we, we try to outwit ourselves when being uh, approached with a question. But when I think about what's the intent behind the question, because it is a lot of work, it requires resiliency. There are weeks in days that I don't feel like doing what it is that needs to be done in order for me to show up the way that I need to show up. But the big difference between an amateur and a professional is that when an amateur doesn't feel like showing up, they don't. But when a professional doesn't feel like showing up, they understand that they still need to show up. They still need to be there because it's not about how I feel in that regard. It's about my ability to provide value to my clients, to provide value to our community. And so that is, you know, keep that in the background. When you think about, you know, why is James showing up week after week for 104 weeks, he's been here without fail, providing value to the community. And so with that as a background, I think through my primary motivation to work hard, it really stems from my internal drive for continuous improvement. There's this this relentless pursuit of growth that moves me or propels me forward. 
And that really fuels my determination to give my best in every aspect of business and life. And I say give my best because I don't think that I can be my best if I'm not willing to give my best. And so I agree with the general saying we talked about, you know, we need to work smarter and not harder. However, you do have to be required or be willing to put in the required effort to achieve the success that you want, to achieve the results that you want. So, you know, when I think about hard, I think about the level of effort that I am willing to put forward to show up as my best self. And so this desire for continuous improvement, it really acts as a constant reminder for me to keep pushing forward, especially when faced with obstacles. And there's a realization that obstacles are here to make me stronger. Obstacles are here for me to flex my muscles, for me to continue to build the resilience to, to overcome that so that I can be ready for that next thing. I love it. I love it. So it's funny that you talked about continuous improvement because anytime we partner on something, first thing we do <laughs> afterwards is we talk about, well, what could we do to make it better? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. How can we make it great? It's just how your mind works. Then, you know, I, I think it's interesting because most people are just checking the box. It's done, right? They're not looking for ways to take things to the next level. I still remember when you first got into the, the radio show mm -hmm. and how you were owning your crap. You, you were going through, you're like, man, I didn't do this. And you were, you were reviewing tape, right? Literal yeah. tape. You were listening to the show and hearing your voice when most people were looking to avoid that type of stuff because they'll say stuff like, oh, man, I, I don't like the way my, my voice sounds or yes. some other excuse on why they didn't need to go back and actually critically review the work that they're doing. But that, that's not who you are. And I think that is a big benefit that your clients have. To have somebody in their corner who's going to encourage them to go to that next level, to evaluate what they've done and see what they can do. Because, I mean, it, it becomes tweaks, yes. right? If you're a high performer, you're not doing things wholesale wrong, right? Mm -hmm. It is literally, you're directionally correct, but we could be a little more efficient here. You're talking about, small you know, smarter, not harder, right? Yeah. yeah. We can make a little tweak to get just a little bit more out of it, right? To get the efficiency. Yep. Uh, and, that, and that little and that little bit could be the very thing that gets you over the hump. That little oh, bit. If if you think about if you think door, about yeah. success as being a collection of these little bits, of these little pieces, and we often will belittle in our mind the impact of a small adjustment. But that small adjustment with the other things that you're doing could be the very thing that pushes you over the edge. This is good. This is good. So, you know, we we talked about what, what motivates you to work hard? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what excites you the most. Oh, man. Well, what excites me the most is I have the flexibility, the desire, and the space to spend time with my family. And that just means the mental space, the financial flexibility to be able to just be present with the family. So, you know, the boys are home this summer. We've been hanging out, going to the gym, doing things. I've also been working with my private clients and doing other business development activities and looking to structure my day to be able to do that. When my wife comes home, you know, me, her and the kids will sit down at times and have a conversation and, and just be together. That's the one thing that I would say excites me the most because that's core to who I'm. Those of you that are looking on 
YouTube, you can see the pictures of my family and my friends behind me as a collage of really what my life is all about or a big portion of what my life is all about. So that's, you know, let's, I want to start there because I think that's really important for who I am. When it comes to working with my private clients, what really excites me is being able to witness those, the changes in their thinking, whether it's a big change or a small change, those changes have a huge impact. So it's amazing when I see how their mindset shifts and how they start seeing the world and interacting with it in a whole new way. That transformation actually unlocks their potential to improve not only their business, but also their personal life. I will continuously say that it's not two different things. It's not that you have your personal self over here and your business self over here. It's a different side of the same coin. And when you are able to improve your ability to communicate, to lead at home, that plays, that shows up at work. When you improve those things at work, because you're continuing to transform, that shows up at home. Um, and so it, it's amazing when I see that light bulb moment and it kind of, it goes off and it's like, boom. One of the things that I talk about, and I mentioned this in the podcast episode, is that one of our private clients who's a business owner. We began working together a few months ago. I think we started working together in October, November. They were feeling overwhelmed because they were working, you know, 70 hours a week managing their business. And so one of the things that we decided to focus on is learning more about delegation. So I use this process called DEA, delegate, eliminate, and automate. As I take my private clients through, you know, ways in which they can begin to free up their time to focus on what matters most to them. And so through our collaboration, it's been pretty cool to see him show up at our meetings and start to say, hey, man, you know what? I'm down to 40 hours now. Hey, you know what? I'm down to 30 hours now. And then a few weeks ago, he calls me and he says, man, if we continue to implement what you've been implementing, not only will my business continue to grow because it is growing, but I'm going to be down to 20 to 16 hours a week by the end of the summer. And again, the best part of that story is it's about business and life. It's not just about either or. So the best part is that he's becoming more efficient in how he delegates and uses his time, but his profits are still increasing. And so seeing that kind of progress in my clients' lives makes me really thrilled. It makes me smile on the inside, man. Uh, you're smiling on the outside if anybody thought you YouTube, man. Yeah, you lit yeah. up about that thing. It's interesting that people don't actually want to optimize their whole life. They try to optimize a part or a piece. Mm -hmm. And when you start optimizing parts and pieces, you just create a mess. Yeah. And what you're telling people is, hey, this is life. Like, let's optimize your life. Let's, let's specifically call out the two most important pieces, right? Mm -hmm. How you are living and then how you actually live your living. But yep. let's figure out how to optimize life. But the one thing that really hits me, and this is the reason why other than maybe in the intro of the podcast, you, you won't really see in any of the material that I'm producing a discussion on work-life balance. Yeah. Because when we approach work-life balance, people are either, ah, oh, I've heard that before. I don't want to do, you know, like I know what to do. And what yeah. I found is that people understand it in concept, but they don't really understand how to actualize it, how to actually implement it in their lives. And so one of the things that I've done and, and is really break it down to the three questions that changed my life. And that's a whole nother discussion. But the three questions that changed my life is, are you winning at work or do you want to win at work? And most people, the answer is going to be yes. The second question is, do you want to win at home? I don't know anybody who doesn't want to win at work 
And who's going to say that they don't want to win at home? They do. The third question is the hardest one to answer and the one you have to be honest with. Are you? And people will say that they become so shocked by the question that they ask me, am I what? Are you winning at work and at home? And a lot of times people will, you know, when they're honest, one of those areas is lag. And that's where I come in to help. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Simple question, but profound impact uh, on that simple question. And it requires a bit of honesty. Right? I think a lot of people want to just say, oh, yeah, of course I am. And then if you interrogate that a little bit, you'll find yeah. out quickly that oh, you are. you're just saying that you're delusional. Yeah. So, you know, you lit up when you were talking about what excites you the most. Yeah. Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. And we're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. Let's look back, man. What are you most proud about? What's your, what's your proudest accomplishment? You know, there are a lot of things that I am proud of in terms of being able to accomplish from growing up in the inner city of Philadelphia to going on to get a college degree to my master's degree and PhD to becoming a professional engineer to being a dad, a husband, you know, launching uh, my consulting, coaching and leadership development practice. So there are lots, there are lots of blessings that I have in my life to be able to look back on and really be proud of. But I would say one of my proudest accomplishments happened when I was nominated uh, for an outstanding alumni award for the VIA Department of Construction, Engineering, and Management at Virginia Tech, where I got my master's and PhD. So at this time, I was leading a $70 million applied research program that was focused on improving transportation infrastructure. And so during the award ceremony, you know, I stood there among these nominees who were presidents of companies and people who had started their own firm, who were entrepreneurs. It was really cool and it was an honor for me to be there with them. You know, I, to be honest with you, Jerome, I'm, I'm like looking at all of them and their accomplishments saying, why am I here? Like, did somebody mess something up? I mean, I know I'm doing a research program, but it seems like all of these other people's lives are, they're doing all of these great things. And I can remember being in the, the ceremony thinking, what if I would have chosen a slightly different path? What if I would have went the entrepreneurship route earlier? A whole lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. But I'm listening to all of the great accolades that they do. And so when they get to my nomination and announcing my award, the person giving the award wasn't there at Virginia Tech when I was there. He says, you know, I wasn't there when James was here, but I, t I did, you know, did a lot of phone calls, talked to a lot of people and, you know, you, you can see in the award, all of the different professional accolades, you know, that he has managing his research program, really making imp an impact in the world, but specifically in the United States in the renewal of our transportation infrastructure. And he says he has success in the public sector and the private sector, private sector, all of this stuff. And he says, but what impressed me the most during this nomination process is that Everybody that I talked to, no matter what stage of life that James was in at the time or what stage of his career, what they told me was that his family was important to him. They said, yep, James did great. He did this. And you know, he's, he's really a family man. 
So again, that process involves talking to former coworkers, managers, vendors, people who I'd interacted with over two decades, right? And my family life was the one thing that stood out in addition to my career accomplishments. And that you may take it, people that are listening may take that lightly, but it means a lot to me because it means that I didn't lose myself in what's important to me in the midst of achieving greatness in my career. I talk about winning in work and at home because that's what I was able to do. You know, it wasn't all unicorns and rainbows. It wasn't all roses. You know, it was a lot of hard work. Some things happened along the way. But in the end, I was able to design and build a life where I, where I went at work, where I went at work and at home. In this one moment was a recognition of both because they weren't giving me an award for being a great dad. This wasn't a Father's Day award. This wasn't a great husband's award. It wasn't you're a good friend award. It was an outstanding alumni accomplishment for your career award. But what they talked about were those accomplishments and the fact that I am dedicated to my family. And that just meant a lot to me. Yeah. It should, because that's what people are chasing, right? They sometimes consider their family to be a rubber ball, right? And they're juggling, yeah, right? And then they got glass and rubber balls and they feel like, oh, well, they should understand. They should get it. They blah, 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 blah. And they <laughs> drop the ball and yeah. it breaks. And they're confused yeah. when they find out that it's not a rubber ball. It's actually yeah. a glass ball. It yeah. doesn't seem like you missed that. Uh, no, and, and the big thing there is, and I tell my private clients this all the time, if you have something going on that's going to take your attention, I mean, really primarily attention at work, because this happens, whether it's a big project, you're working on um, a proposal, whatever it is, it happens where that is that requires your attention. Working with my private clients, I tell them, make sure that you talk to your spouse and your family about what's going on, about what you're doing, and pull them in to what you're doing. Don't think that they can read your mind, because they can't. They can't read your mind. They can read your body language and they see that you're stressed. Yeah. They understand that you're short with them, but they can't read your mind to understand that, hey, I'm going through this temporary blip because I'm focused on this. And it would be great if you could give me some space so that I can focus on this and then we can make that back up on the back end. But a lot of us don't want to engage in that level of conversation. Is that ego? Is that pride? What is that? I, I don't know. It could. It, I think part of it is lack of awareness. Or we don't think that the other person is going to understand, or we don't really think it's important because we're so used to pushing ahead and just believing that the other person is going to get it and, and thinking that they're going to understand the intent of your actions when they're not. They're going to feel the impact, not the intent. You have to explain the intent. And when you explain the intent, then hopefully you can get some grace. Yeah, you can get some grace and you can get some support. I mean, you can get some support. You know, if, I, if you know, I can talk to my wife and it's like, you know, in three weeks, I'm going to have a very busy time. I have a couple of speaking engagements, I have some client meetings that are coming up. Okay, let's look at the calendar. I'm going to need some time on the front end to do that. You know, can we work something out with the kids schedule? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll shift some things around and we begin to work together to make it work. But if I don't say anything, then I'll be like, Hey, I'm leaving tomorrow and I'll be gone for the next two weeks. That's a problem. So how would your friends describe you? I would say that my friends would describe me as a good listener and a great communicator and someone that has a giving heart. I would add present. Mm. Those are the first two words that come to mind. Generous was the third, so that you got that one. 
Speaking of generous, I believe you just made your largest charitable donation. Yes, I did. I, I had the was able to exit out of one of my multifamily real estate investments. We were able to make a huge return, something like a two hundred percent return, and was able to take all that the, the profits and write my charitable contribution check, my tithe, right off of that. So it was huge. It's huge for me. How did that feel to be able to give at that level? It felt good to be able to practice what I preach in a sense, to be able to live out and actualize what I say is important to me. And so nobody else knows the numbers, but me and my wife and my business partners, right? No, so nobody else cares, but it was important for me to have personal integrity to say that if I believe that in tithing, if I believe in giving 10% to my church and I get a huge check, what happens? Am I going to live up to what I believe or am I going to compromise? And so it felt good to be consistent with who I am. Living in worlds of percentages can scare you sometimes when you start looking at the actual numbers, right? <laughs> yes, it can. It can. It can. And you're looking like, really? Yes, really. Yes, really. So we're future casting now. Okay. Who would you want to play you? in a movie of your life? Ooh. Ooh. Feel the biography is coming. That's a tough one. There was a movie about my life I would pr prefer to play myself because I've truly enjoyed living the role that I have, right? You know, every moment of my life is cherished and I wouldn't want anyone else to portray me on the big screen. I wouldn't want to change anything about the life that I've had so far. Not a thing because all of those things have made me into the man that I am today. You know, in, in thinking about a little bit more, the other thought that crosses my mind is having my oldest son, who just turned 16, you know, JT, James William Bryant III, really play that, that role of me. But, but, but here's the thing. I don't think that would be fair to him because I don't want him to think of growing up trying to fill my shoes. I want him to fully be present and fill his own shoes. And I want him to have the freedom to develop his own path and live his own unique life and not try to necessarily walk step for step the steps that I've taken. I, I want him to be able to go faster, further than I did, but I want him to, to do it at his own pace and for being himself. Looking like a phenomenal father. Thanks. Is Florida, is your ceiling? Yeah. That's me. What's your favorite book to read, man? I know you're into personal development every morning. I feel like you turn pages every day. Yeah, what, I try to. Who's your favorite book? You know, when I think of favorite books, there, there are two that immediately come to mind. Kind of classic, you know, Think and Grow Rich. And then As a Man Thinketh are among my two favorites that I've read multiple times. You know, those are classic books. Uh, another one that I appreciate, a more recent book that I appreciate is The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, particularly when you think about the concept of, you know, when you look at your list of things that you're looking to accomplish, is there one thing that you can accomplish that will make the other things either go away or obsolete? And so just thinking through that concept to how to prioritize my day, how to prioritize the initiatives that we have at Engineering Success, I, I found that concept very useful. But, you know, when I think about the book that I read the most or the book that is my favorite, I would have to go back to the Bible. And it's simply 
because the principles in the Bible, in my opinion, provide a really solid foundation for success in business and in life. It's all there. There's nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you gave us think and grow rich. Yep. As the man think of in the Bible. Yep. I like, I mean, I don't know if they get more classic than those. <laughs> yeah. You were telling me a story kind of offline. Didn't you help somebody actually make progress on reading the Bible after they fell for years? Yeah. Yeah. So it was one of my private clients who expressed an interest in continuing to grow spiritually. And, you know, first, I can't define spiritual growth for him. He has to define what spiritual growth is and how he defined growth was feeding his hunger to read the Bible and to kind of grow in the knowledge of the Bible. And so as we do with the engineer's blueprint for success, once we identify what matters most to you, we work to help you see yourself being that person. And then we implement habits in your day so that you can become that person. And then we just execute that plan. So part of it was introducing him to the Bible app, sharing some devotionals with him. Uh, his first response was, I don't want to sit here and, and read all of this. It was like, okay, wait a minute. You know, you have the ability to listen to it. So he's been listening to the Bible. And I remember one of our, one of our sessions after that introduction, he was so excited. He was like smiling and gleaming all about it because he started to make progress in something that was important to him. Again, it's just the nudges, right? The thing that can just get you over the hump mm -hmm. when you've been able to figure it out on your own. Just a yep. little, little support. Some all support and tweak and encouragement. And I didn't mention this before, but it's the removing judgment from your responses and the work that you're doing with your private clients that I work with, I do with my private clients. I'm, you know, when I'm working with a client, I'm not there to judge them. I'm there to accept them for who they are in, in this sense, to accept what they're saying, to help them to face who they actually are, to have that mirror moment so that they can see themselves for who they truly are, not who they're pretending to be, to come clean about whatever the issues are, but to do that in the absence of judgment so that they can take hold of that thing and we can begin to work and build uh, off of that so that they can continue to transform their lives. Transformation. Yeah. You can't have transformation without ownership. I don't think you can. That's a bar. You can't have transformation without ownership. So you can't. If, if you're not willing to own where you are and who you are at this right now, then I think it's very difficult for you to have true lasting transformation. Because you revert back. It's kind of like when the dog is chasing you, when you're a kid, they get out the fence and you're running. And as soon as the dog starts chasing, you stop running because yeah. your stimulus is gone. Yep. So you're moving that motivation and inspiration so mm -hmm. that it can go yeah. inspired to who you are, who you want to be. Yeah. You got to take ownership. If you had a warning label, what would yours say? Driven by continuous improvement and passion for success, highly skilled in the art of winning at work and home may induce uncontrollable desire to achieve success in business and in life. May induce uncontrollable desire yes. to achieve success in business. And if that's not catalyst, I don't know. I need to pop that pill, man. That's, that's good right there. <laughs> I feel like you're living a full life if that's your experience. That, and that is my experience, man. And, you know, we talked about the continuous improvement process. 
or just the, the whole motivation and you, you get into it by having that outlook in life, it allows me to be present and enjoy and appreciate what I have right now. And I'm, I don't diminish that, but it also provides a drive to continue to explore what's next. So it's the whole concept of exploring what's next, but not diminishing what is. Because there's some people that will diminish what is, or they, or they just don't even think about it and then move on to what's next and they haven't appreciate, you know, they don't appreciate what they have. For me, I appreciate what I have. I appreciate what I've been able to accomplish. And I, I can hold space for that when I'm thinking, okay, well, what's next? Who can I help next? How can I continue to grow success? How can I continue to grow these companies? How can I continue to grow these organizations so that they can continue to show up to their best ability for their clients, for you know, their families for themselves. All right, man. So we're wrapping up. Got one big final question for you. Okay. All right. What advice do you have for people out there who are looking to engineer their success? Ooh, I think that's a good one. And I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but my advice for those who aspire to engineer their success is to recognize that you hold the key to your own success. It's crucial to understand that the responsibility doesn't lie with anyone else, but it lies with you. So take ownership and control of your situation. Don't rely on external organizations or other people to grow you or to rescue you. Instead, you, you really want to prioritize your personal development and invest your time and attention to you into that development. So there are many individuals who have dedicated years of growing their organizations and their teams, yet they have neglected their own personal growth. You know, Jerome, there, there's some business owners that have been consumed by working in their business rather than working on their business and, you know, from a CEO perspective. And so if you desire to have that broader perspective and to make positive changes, it's your responsibility to take the necessary steps. And so if you haven't taken the time to you know, to make that personal investment, right? To map out your goals and your aspirations. I think it's important to do so. And I, listen, I encourage everybody, every listener to the Engineer Your Success podcast to reach out so that we can discuss that path forward. And kind of, I, I clo will close this question like I close the podcast. You know, when I'm closing my podcast and to emphasize this point, that there are many people that know what to do and there are fewer people that actually know how to do it, but there's only a select group of people that actually follow through, take action, and take ownership, and they live the life of their dreams. It is my aim to guide you on your journey to becoming part of that select few. So I, I really do encourage everybody who listens to this interview to become part of that select few. Man. You're on the cover of Dreamcatcher's Digest because you're a dream catcher, my friend. Yes. And not only are you a dream catcher for yourself, your inspiration to your family and those private clients that you're working with, man, I'm, I'm hearing some of the rumblings and things are happening in their world. You're having an impact. And I'm just so grateful that you were courageous enough to walk out of the job that you've been in for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Well, with company, and I know there were promotions and things along the way, but to venture out into this wilderness that we call entrepreneurship and then go find people to help who are trying to figure things out, but don't know how to get there. 
And you're able to just come in and help them engineer their success. Yep. And then you give them the wonderful podcasts and the on-ramp and all of the other ways that people have the opportunity to plug in and get to know Dr. James Bryant. Yeah. Thank you so much for your contribution, my friend. All right. Thank you. This is Dr. James Bryant, your guide to winning at work and at home. Be great. Really interested in knowing what your favorite part of the interview was. I really do appreciate your time. I want to end this podcast as I end every podcast, and that's this. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it, and there's a select group of people that follow through, do it, and are living the life of their dreams. I want you to be part of that select few. Hey, this is Dr. James Bryant, your guy for winning at work and at home, and I want you to have a great week this week. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it, and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life, and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.